Hey, I'm Steve Folland. Welcome to another one. This episode of Being Freelance is supported by WithJack. WithJack exists to help keep you in business by supporting you financially or legally if you have problems with a client. You can get help chasing overdue invoices, support if there's a contract dispute, but most importantly, the confidence to navigate bumpy projects and handle difficult clients. Think of insurance as having an in-house legal team who have your back without the major expense. With zero cancellation fees, and monthly plans you have complete control over your insurance visit withjack.co.uk and be a confident freelancer but right now let's find out what it's like being freelance for social media strategist Suze Bird probably yeah that first year before I kind of looked around and thought oh so this is the business you always wanted to start but you never knew you were going to <laughs> it's always that trade-off between the time I put into the business the time I give clients and then time I give my family. (laughs) My business generally always drops off but I have tried to be way better with that and it kind of has its own column in Trello now and I don't refer to it as my business or downtime I refer to it as a client. (laughs) Break that competition stereotype I just don't believe there is a single one other person who will deliver exactly what I can deliver. They don't have my history straight away they don't (laughs) the Sue's personality lucky world (laughs) so you know it's virtually impossible I think for you to have a hundred percent direct competitor so yeah so there is Sue's who is from South Africa now based in Scotland and coming to your ears very soon indeed how are you hope you're good thank you so much for all the messages about a FOMA's episode last time around if you've not caught it uh, do go back and listen to it after you've heard Sue's because yeah wasn't she great it's, as I mentioned before uh, I think a couple of episodes ago it's always nice when you reach out to people and let them know uh, there's links for all of our guests at beingfreelance.com also we do really thorough show notes and transcriptions and the transcriptions are important uh, for people who perhaps can't hear the podcast but would still like to know more about the stories and the experiences so if you know somebody who can't listen to podcasts but you think it would be useful for them please do let them know Uh, also beingfreelance.com there's links through so you can find out how to get involved with the book club come join the community freelancers from around the world Uh, the cookie collective if you want to come and join our mastermind that isn't a mastermind as such uh, just drop me an email steve at beingfreelance.com we're sorting that out at the moment Uh, we've got the pub quiz coming up before the end of the year and also there's the course how to get started being freelance if you're new to freelancing or you know somebody who is you know like either you're about to start out you've started out or maybe you've done it in the past year or so there's loads to learn not just from me but from all of the guests from the being freelance podcast it's all in there so take a look at that's at beingfreelance.com and actually hello hello to those who took the course i had such a lovely time on thursday night this week when i met up with a load of them who have taken the course so far and we just had a chat tea and biscuits found out about their businesses what they were getting on with what they struggled with it was such a delight thank you so much a for taking the course and i'm so glad it's been helpful to you but also taking the time to come and hang out and yeah looking forward to that doing some more next week as well so yes right let's crack on chat to this week's guest that is freelance social media strategist suze bird hey suze Hello, Steve. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for doing this. As ever, how about we get started hearing how you got started being freelance? So my my whole career has actually been in marketing. So unlike, I guess, a lot in the freelance social media space that career hopped, um, I've always been a marketeer um, right back from 
21-year-old Suze just rounding in Aberdeen. My freelance journey started in 2016, though. I had been working um, at an agency after my daughter was born and doing part-time, and that particular role had been made redundant. Around this time, my relationship with my baby's dad, um, we'd separated, um, so it was all a bit fun (laughs) for a bit between redundancy and separation, and I volunteered at a local charity during that time just to, I guess, keep myself busy in the day and just figure out my next move in life, (laughs) really. And I picked up a client from that charity gig, if you like, um, and worked for that client for a couple of months and eventually was like, oh, I I think I do this now. (laughs) And that would have been my first year of freelancing was pretty much two clients. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it's almost a- accidental. You just happened to tell somebody while you were volunteering that, you know, you worked in marketing or you had worked in marketing and they were like, oh, I need. Yeah. So basically uh, this, this volunteer gig, um, it was a new run event in my area and they put out on their social media that they were looking for volunteers to, you know, had this idea to do this event and they needed people to pull it off. Um, so I got in touch and I said, look, I can support you with marketing and social media. And they were like, absolutely. So that's what I did for this event. Um, and part of that remit obviously was getting in touch with, I guess, the sponsors or the people involved in that. Um, and that sparked a lot of conversations and meetings and that was a bit of oh could you could you do this for us actually so quickly put together a yeah this is what I'll charge for it and started working for that client and then that kind of led on to another one as well my name started to get him passed around and it took probably yeah that first year before I kind of looked around and thought oh so this is the business you always wanted to start but you never knew you were going to (laughs) (laughs) and to put that in perspective how many years ago is that did you say 2016? Or um, yeah, so June June was my fifth business birthday. I guess, I didn't say like most people, we all approach it differently. But work-wise, you know, I'd spent most of my career in either agency or in-house. So kind of switching between agency marketing roles or in-house marketeer. And you kind of, you always feel, I'm just not quite sure. There's maybe another way, you know. But you have a baby or, you know, you get engaged and life kind of goes on. And next thing you're in your 30s and you think, oh, suddenly the business is not for me. You know, I've got stuff to do. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then kind of life has other plans, you know. And then you kind of go, oh, well, that kind of worked out OK, because I don't think if I'd ever someone sat me down and said, right, I think you should leave your job, move your kid out and start a business. I probably would have gone, yeah, no, you're OK. <laughs> I've got something else to do. <laughs> How did you feel about all that at the time? Yeah, um, I probably didn't really think a lot <laughs> at the time, which is maybe just as well. Um, I kind of, when I look back on that period now, I think, well, it's kind of good how that worked out for me because I hadn't really taken on board the impact separation would have had on me and my life you know I kind of focused a lot on my daughter and what she would need to support her and make it okay for her so I hadn't really you know even when it was coming down to moving I was like oh I won't take a holiday I'll do that over the weekend I'll be fine (laughs) you know (laughs) I don't know one person with a six-year-old was going to move on a weekend but anyway (laughs) um you know I yeah I hadn't really kind of stopped to think what I would need to do or what life would need to do or work or anything like that so 
the freelance option in hindsight happened beautifully because I did actually need more time to move funny and I did need more time to adjust my daughter and adjust our new life and having you know limited clients but a little bit of flexibility that freelance gives me or any of us it was actually really useful that you know it wasn't a case of well where's she gonna go after school well I would pick her up and we'd be at home so it's fine um that obviously meant a whole bunch of late night working and early mornings and stuff but there's always sacrifice in there gotta make decisions Mm. um yeah so that first year (laughs) you had those two clients how how did you go about getting more like how did you continue being freelance so yeah that, that first year was interesting as I say I didn't probably stop and think a whole bunch which works on the one hand from a personal level but obviously for running a business you need to actually think about some things sometimes um finances wise it's probably also worth pointing out that it wasn't like a complete leisurely ride like I downgraded my car so kind of sold that and got a smaller car for us used some of that cash to fund us um I cashed in a load of ices so kind of self-invested in the business to sustain that um and from that second client I guess year one to two if you like I picked up another three and most of that was word of mouth word of mouth is still probably one of the biggest ways that my business grows I work quite hard for my clients and we have quite a close relationship so that referral system works really well for me I also don't have I guess a whole bunch of time in terms of my capacity for retainer work is maybe six seven max clients so what I'm looking for to keep my business going is relatively small in terms of actual clients so by the time one finishes their contract I'm almost like there's a waiting list already Mm. Um, and that took probably between year three and four that system started to work for me way more what way you would be able to say oh I can't right now but get on the waiting list I can't right now but um, I could potentially you know this date or this date um, and the majority of them are willing to wait or I can do project work or one-to-one sessions Um, and I guess the cool thing about how I like to run my business is I can be available evenings and weekends not as standard but with notice I can I can make that happen which means I could potentially fill up my diary if you like for right that weekend that's going to be a bit hard but cool we'll take the next one off um and if a business wants to work with me and that kind of waiting list thing doesn't work um I refer them on so I keep a kind of network of freelancers throughout the UK and I would make referrals always mm. so you say retainer yeah. so what is the kind of thing that you do because you you've said strategy so you you working with people for how long like what what does that kind of look like for you so I work with businesses in I guess three ways um the biggest way I can work with a business is that retainer model um which means and even I guess at the moment I have six retainer clients and the smallest one smallest one in time has been with me for now nine months and the longest one is four years wow so they would come on board initially um most of them are looking for some kind of support with digital marketing which mostly translates to social media nowadays um but no doubt that will evolve again so we would devise the strategy put a plan in place for execution and then the retainer clients keep me on to actually deliver that strategy 
and the strategy piece is important because I guess that helps differentiate my pricing um, within the kind of social media industry. Um, I am probably more expensive than your average social media marketer, but that comes with 20 odd experience in the marketing industry, which is why the strategy mm-hmm. keyword is pretty important to anything I do. Um, and also when it comes to working with those retainer clients, strategy is it, that drives everything that drives every business decision, marketing decision, you know, everything. We won't just post, we won't just follow trends. You know, everything comes back to, well, why, um, you know, sell it to me. <laughs> and when you're doing that kind of thing, then you leave them to do the actual posting or whatever it is that the strategy has said you but you keep an eye on it yeah it can work in two ways even for the retainer clients either they will pay me to deliver every part of that strategy and plan um for them or they pay me to kind of support a team to deliver it so the strategy and plan is set by me every month there's meetings there's training and then I keep an eye on what other people are doing so those are kind of two ways retainer clients can work um, other ways a business can work with me is project basis where they would come on board for kind of six to eight weeks period of the time we would implement a strategy implement a plan and I would support them for a period of time to do that and then we kind of touch base every three months six months etc um, and I guess the last way would be the workshops or one-to-one training that I offer now and again throughout a year. I tend to do those around school holidays because um, the retainer site is pretty much full-time, which means anything else I do, I need to kind of commit to my time being stretched and I tend to avoid holiday times for that. So those are the main ways you sort of have revenue streams. So those retainer clients workshops yes um it used to do a lot more how standard is this line (laughs) (laughs) pre-covid um used to do a lot more before covid yes obviously and i did some online during the covid period but i guess the kind of way i teach or the way i support businesses zoom just was taking way too much of my time and energy and kind of coupling that with homeschool it was just making for a very disruptive session. So I'd stopped all online training from last year and won't pick that up again until we can do proper in-person workshops. So the only guest training way people can work with me nowadays is one-to-one sessions where they can buy a chunk of my time and I can support them with either individual questions or support them with you know, that strategy and training to help them deliver. Um, I guess the other useful bit about that is where they kind of, freelancing parent side comes in because I tend not to advertise those one-to-one spaces or that kind of availability unless I actually have it so it's not something I really talk about in my marketing at all Um, and I will only kind of put them out if I know right this is potentially a quiet month at home if such a thing exists I have space for one or two one one-to-one clients um so yeah it's not something I massively push actually <laughs> so uh, you mentioned your marketing so what what is, what is your marketing <laughs> um so probably around about year three or four I thought right I need to get a little bit slicker with some of the business side of my company and hash together a quick website for myself um not the one that's currently there that one was hashed together by a professional <laughs> um <laughs> put together and kind of got more strategic for my own business and I thought right it's a good way 
for me to experiment with different types of social media trends that I can implement in a client if I play around with those things for myself. So that's kind of how I approached my marketing primarily. Um, I didn't do very regular blogging, even though I know I shoot, but I guess it's always that trade-off between the time I put into the business, the time I give clients, and then the time I give my family. (laughs) Mm. Um, My business generally always drops off, um, but I have tried to be way better with that. And it kind of has its own column in Trello now. And I don't refer to it as my business or downtime. I refer to it as a client. (laughs) Um, So it goes on the client to-do list and it goes on the client Trello board. So it actually has like monthly tasks and deliverables, which help me stay more accountable to that. Um, And then I kind of figured out also much like, I guess, how I would approach a strategy for a client. You know, we can't be everywhere and do it well. And although I am on multiple platforms, some of them just because I love them, I only put proper work time into number one would be word of mouth referrals. So how I treat clients, how I deliver work and how I foster new relationships is a massive part of my time for marketing. And the second one would be Instagram. So the time I put into my Instagram yields results for my business. And then the website is the third stream if you like of my marketing so that's how I prioritize where my time goes in the kind of burden Emmy marketing is those three avenues help me grow the business and therefore they get the most of my marketing time and the likes of LinkedIn Facebook or Twitter get token attention (laughs) (laughs) as a made-up word Um, oh man, so much I want to ask. One thing was <laughs> yeah. that you said Burden Emmy. Uh-huh. So this is the name of your business, but like, have you always been called Burden Emmy? Like, when did that come? Yeah, so I still I trade as a as a sole trader as a freelancer just under my own name. But I kind of felt I'm one of those like complete introvert extrovert types <laughs> that got quite comfortable that, you know, in order to kind of run my business and exist in today's marketing world, showing up is super important, but also being very uncomfortable with having so much time and attention on me and my face and my name. So I try to differentiate and go, right, if you're showing up as Suze from Bird and Emmy, that's work. Like, you know, you go to a networking event, you put on your work clothes and you show up to work. And then when you're at home and you're just Suze or your mom or you like in your kind of shorts and flip-flops, that that's different. That doesn't need to be online, that you don't need to show up then. So it kind of helped me almost to have those two different characters. Um, mm. And by kind of using the bird dynamic, it also helped me define what it is I wanted the business to be. So bird is obviously my name. Um, so the and piece was that you know we're a team all my clients who I work with we work really closely and we are a solid team Um, and Emmy is one of my daughter's nicknames so it was to kind of highlight that you know we're a team and that working with me there is going to be this little mini that comes along on occasion (laughs) and that this is a business I run from home and you know sometimes there's going to be a kid off sick or if it's weekend work she's going to be there or if it's evening work you know it's not going to happen between dinner time it just kind of highlights that I don't only work with family businesses but that working with me means there is there is a mini around often (laughs) you also said that you only hashed I'm using your words (laughs) together a website after three to four years so does that mean you didn't have a website at all before that um no like the business 
it grew organically, which I absolutely love because that's the area of marketing I specialize in. And um, it just very much, I had my clients, somebody else would recommend me, I would get an inquiry, they would become a client and the whole process was very organic and fluid. And it wasn't until I guess kind of two, three years in and I thought, right, Suze, you need to think about the fact that you're aging and this needs to be a sustainable and viable career option for you. And I thought, right, I need to get better at some of my business process. I need to get better at how I exist in the marketing world and I kind of put together a version of a website that served me fine. <laughs> I wouldn't put web design skill on my CV at all, but um, it served me fine. I guess I'm like kind of the marketing industry back in, well, 20 years ago when I started, you did everything, you know, and digital was just coming into effect. So I remember like at the time I worked for the Chamber of Commerce and we got a website and, you know, each department was you know, in charge of updating their piece. And you had this massive printout from the kind of <laughs> development team. And I remember it was highlighted, you know, how do you, what's the coding for building a heading? <laughs> so <laughs> kind of super basic skills exist in my portfolio, but nothing I would ever sell. <laughs> it's funny when you think back to, yeah, the marketing of years gone by. <laughs> Yeah. So, so were you online though? You were on. I was online. Yep. I was on. I was on Instagram. I was on LinkedIn. Um, Twitter was my first love, actually, and still is my first love social media platform. Another thing that you you mentioned was that you know some of your clients have been with you for say four years, (laughs) which is awesome, obviously. But how have you found dealing with increasing your prices? over a period particularly if you're working with a client you know not just a new client where it's fairly easy to do it yeah um honestly the first time I did that I sat on that decision for months (laughs) (laughs) you know you you know it needs to happen by the time anyone starts to think that you know that you know we all start off completely undercharging and I just kind of found the whole way of life thing which just wasn't working I felt like I was working 24 hours a day seven days a week and just absolutely done but yet still not getting the financials right at all um and did a whole bunch of research into I guess what different freelancers were charging what different jobs were charging around what I was doing kind of get the whole experience thing into it and decided right this is what I need to do and kind of put together I don't do hourly rates but it was like this is a day rate this is a kind of scope of work for xyz etc and did a whole bunch of like, this sounds really smart, but I'm not the swing clown, but did like a whole bunch of planning in terms of, right, say, for example, every single client says, no way, Suze, right? What, what, what would you do? What does that mean? You know, so I kind of did a little bit of disaster planning. Um, and then I wrote them a really nice letter <laughs> and how I was, you know, investing in my business and, you know, all the things I was doing to kind of support them and what I was bringing to the table and what I was doing out with them to make sure I brought them the best and blah 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 and that this is the change I was going to make to the finances at the same time I actually changed how I invoice too so when I first started I would invoice like the last working day of every month but you know it took me a couple of years to realize that that's just a financial nightmare because you never really getting paid on a monthly basis so you're constantly like looking for that paycheck 
So I also changed the way I invoiced and I now invoice retainer clients in the middle of the month and their payment due date, if you like, is the last working day of the month. Mm. They got a letter about price increase and they got a letter around how the kind of invoicing was going to change. And I also um, moved all of them to contracts. So yeah, the start, nobody had a contract either. (laughs) Um, So I lost one client out of that. Um, which, which was fine. I mean, you, you kind of plan to lose at least one. So that I did in the December so that it would be a kind of clean, let's start the new year kind of thing. Um, and I picked up a new client in that January of the following year. So it thankfully touched, we didn't really have a massive gap. (laughs) Um, Mm. but yeah, only lost one client from that price increase process and kind of since then, have got a lot better at being just very confident with my pricing and when I get inquiries to send out my scope of work send out the budget um sometimes you win them sometimes you don't but a lot more comfortable at going you know what that's that's actually a really good price for what you're getting so that's okay if I'm not for you here's a few others that might be able to support you in the same way always tricky though (laughs) and do you ever run into things where you're tempted to or are asked to work for free which weirdly for this podcast is a question that actually I've probably not asked that much (laughs) but I mention it because you started out obviously volunteering your services yeah yeah and um I don't do a lot of free work nowadays no now and again a project might come up that I want to support in a way that I just think you know what, that's a really cool thing you're trying to bring out into the world. You really are putting yourself out there in a vulnerable way. I can see you're struggling. So, you know, let's go get a coffee and I'll have a chat with you. So now and again, I do do that. Um, I try not to, mostly because I'm not really good at kind of being halfway. (laughs) That if I'm kind of getting involved in something, I'm going to go all in, which is a problem for my time and energy. Mm. And you kind of have to, well, I have to constantly remind myself that, you know, I am trying to build a sustainable business that will pay me a pension one day and will support my daughter as she goes through academy and into uni. My time is not infinite. So I do a lot of kind of content marketing resources on either my Instagram or my blog when I am better at being regular at that. So there is a lot of free resources available that I do create content wise and the workshops I do are accessible price-wise as well. So free work is not massively part of what I currently do. But yeah, now and again, a project will come up um, that I just think, you know what, I am I can have a coffee with you. That's okay. Pay it forward if you like. <laughs> but you also have those options where you say, well, I can't do that, but here's some free content I've created. Yeah. Or you can come to a workshop, learn how to do it yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Or I kind mm. of think, oh, that's quite an interesting question. Look, I can't give that to you as my time, but how about I collaborate with somebody that I work with in my network and I'll do an Instagram live and answer that for you. And then I think, well, that will serve other people as well. Um, And that kind of takes a content box for my business too. So I try and do it like that as opposed to just kind of putting aside a, because I mean, people don't mean to take your time, but if you kind of schedule an hour with somebody via a phone call, that's never going to be an hour, you know? that's always going to be a lot longer (laughs) next thing you know you've given up your soul and your firstborn so it's (laughs) one to watch (laughs) um 
you mentioned Instagram Live. I was going to yeah. ask you what sort of thing you do on Instagram because you said it was important to you. Um, so, yeah, so Instagram Lives, um, I probably did the most I've done that in June of this year when the business turned five. I tried to kind of celebrate the business birthdays. So I think quite often, certainly for me, you know, I just kind of do my work, raise my daughter, and I forget that actually there's cool stuff happening um, and that a business birthday is quite a significant milestone. So the birthday, the business was five. And I asked five uh, businesswomen kind of around the UK that I have either worked with or collaborated with or just good business chums with and asked if they would do a live where I could ask them a series of questions um, pertaining to either running a business or kind of social media. It was really cool, actually. Um, I like that idea that, you know, just that collaboration piece is really important mm. to me, that community growth piece and the collaboration piece and how we can support each other is is massively important um, to me and my business. So I try and facilitate that as much as possible in my content or conversations or stories or anything like that. So the people that you collaborate with might also be social media people in in theory your competition yeah absolutely and I do try and make a point of reaching out um to you know sometimes people follow me where I can see there's potential similarities I do try and make a point of reaching out um if they're local I try and have a coffee or um I do some work down in Edinburgh so if I'm traveling I, I reach out um you know and have coffee dates and I do try and break that competition stereotype because like the digital marketing landscape is massive in terms of the different roles and I just don't believe there is a single one other person who will deliver exactly what I can deliver. They don't have my history straight away. They don't have the Sue's personality, lucky world. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, it's virtually impossible, I think, for you to have a 100% direct competitor. But I think imagine if like in that digital marketing world, we can just collaborate for a client. Like how cool would that piece of marketing be? you know, for a business, if we could just be, you know what, I bring this to the table. This is not an area for me, but we can have that conversation. I know it's budget specific. So how about we make some shifts here? We make some shifts there or just being able to have that conversation, I think is very, very cool. So yeah, collaboration is is very important to me. And does that mean you also sometimes hire other people effectively? Um, yeah, I will. I will outsource. Absolutely. And it's normally freelancers um, and go, look, this is what we're trying to build. This is where we need support. You know, what could you deliver? How could you kind of expand on that? Um, and then, yeah, I will bring in others to deliver. Um, it works best for my clients to do that. You mentioned that you work from home. Yes, I've always worked from home. So yeah, I, I like it. Um, I tend to have one day as a home day and one day as an out day. <laughs> Um, and out could be either I walk to a coffee shop and park myself there for a couple of hours or I kind of have quite a few meetings or sometimes I'll park myself on site with a client just so I have a bit of variety from, right, I'm I'm leaving the house now. <laughs> I enjoy it mostly. Lockdown was not fun. I don't think it was fun for anybody, but having the home office and a homeschool situation didn't really work for either of us, let's say. Mm. Um, as my daughter so eloquently put it, mum... I just don't want to be around you all day, every day. (laughs) Fair, fair enough. Super. (laughs) Thanks for that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But the the home office um, 
it definitely works because my working hours are not conventional. Um, they're not Monday to Friday, nine to five. I do very early morning starts if I know I have a busy day and strong deadlines. Or um, I often work late at night, um, which means, you know, when my little one comes home from school, she gets time with me. We do homework, dinner, hang out. And then I kind of go back to work, if you like, around eight o'clock at night. So having that home office means I've got somewhere to go. Um, which facilitates that kind of sporadic working environment, which kind of works for us. Mm, that's great. Though, man, sometimes it can be hard to do that, you know, getting back into it, that it, that thing. It's, it's difficult, but I try and like, I use Trello for my kind of time management and I try and split my tasks into do this in the morning, do this in the afternoon, do this before like make sure this is done by night so I kind of split my day according to you know where my best energy is and what is absolutely time sensitive or not so it sounds hyper organized like but it, it's a flowing <laughs> it's a work in progress so that's really good <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah so there's certain tasks which come at eight o'clock at night which makes me feel honored but we were speaking at one in the afternoon yeah you get this is you like optimize Sue's time, Steve. <laughs> this is it. Like fed, watered, coffee. This is it. <laughs> but also, I guess the nature of social media, you know, a lot of clients' accounts, their optimal posting or engagement time is evening because social media is, you know, that second screening thing for the majority of an audience. So if you are you know, basically anything out with LinkedIn and you're selling on social or your business is on social and you're not service-based, you know, evening or weekends is prime time um, to be around in messages or stories, etc. So the nature, I guess, of digital is not always Monday to Friday either. Mm. Now, I always do this thing where else for three <laughs> facts about yourself to make two true, one a lie, and uh -huh. let me figure out the lie. What do you have for okay. me, Suze? So, you know, obviously um, that I was born in Cape Town. And I moved to Aberdeen in 2003, um, pretty much the longest gap year in the world. <laughs> <laughs> was that what it was meant to be a gap year? Yeah, yeah. So I finished Amazing. school back home and I went to uni. I studied communications and English. And then I was like, right, I'm just going to go check out the UK. My older brother was here for a while, lived in Nick for a couple of months, and then I'll tour and I'll be home. <laughs> yeah, 2003. <laughs> anyway, so back home before... Um, before I left to come here, I was training to be a dance teacher and I have been cage diving with sharks. Cape Town's obviously on the ocean. Oh, I see. Sorry, I thought these two things were related. Oh, Number no, no. Like, cage yeah, diving. We are going with deep with the facts. I thought you were like teaching dance <laughs> whilst sharks. in a cage with sharks. Got, okay, right. So you've been cage diving with sharks. Yeah. And yeah. I crashed an ex's motorbike through my friend's dad's tree. Let's say, look, you crash through a window, you crash through a fence. Trees, they're pretty sturdy. Were you okay? <laughs> I did kind of hurt my hands and my back because it was like, it's in a massive garden and um, I, I must have just had this whole, yeah, I can totally do this. And went off on the bike and did like a massive wheelie and then kind of took it through the tree. <laughs> had, you, had you ridden a motorbike before? <laughs> no, I hadn't. <laughs> Tells you everything you need to know about seas, doesn't it? <laughs> oh God! You see, this terrifies me. If that fact is true, um, you've been cage diving with sharks. Um, when was that? What was that like? I'm presuming that was in South Africa rather it than was. Scotland. Yeah, no. I mean, Cape Town is obviously like Great White Shark 
rife territory and um, mm. we grew up on a coast um, by the ocean obviously we did like life-saving and swimming and all those cool beach things you do when you grow up by the sea and um, that was that was a thing and I thought well I kind of feel like I need to take off all the tourism jobs that exist before I left and that was that was it I obviously live to tell a tale most people don't live to tell great white tales <laughs> okay that sounds believable unless of course you've simply thought logically that's quite a good thing ah oh, you know you as in you could have made it up because it sounds believable right which brings me to dance teacher what sort of yeah. dance yeah uh, modern teaching? dance contemporary dance um really? to to little ones nine and ten year olds at the time was there a name to like the dance school or anything like that yes uh, ricardo school of dance ricardo school of dance well the <laughs> thing is okay look the dance teacher and the cage diving both sound true. And I'll be honest, the tree one doesn't. And yet, it's just because you made it sound like, yeah, I pulled a wheelie. I don't know whether it's actually that easy to pull a wheelie. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe if you had no idea how to drive a motorbike and you pulled up in fright, you would do a wheelie and drive through a tree. Like... I motor. Oh God! It just—it's so stupid of you. <laughs> I'm so cross with you if that one is true. <sighs> if it clearly it sounds most made up, which is why part of me is thinking it's true. Now I'm second guessing myself and talking myself out of it and thinking maybe the dance teacher, which no disrespect to Ricardo, is the most boring of the facts and therefore. Maybe, th- but that will be a rubbish lie if you've made that up. You're gonna have to choose one. I'm going with the tree because the tree it just doesn't look. You don't drive through trees. I'm saying that is the lie. Final answer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that is true. <laughs> oh my god. Um. And it's quite possible because if you've never actually been in a bike before, like a motorbike, and you over-accelerate, you obviously pull it to hell and the thing flies away and does like a giant wheelie thing. You come off, it crashes through a tree, the tree splits in half. The tree has never grown. And my friend's dad, it's always like, I don't know, I don't know why that poor tree has never grown. <laughs> wow. Um, so that is true. Completely irresponsible. Kids, do not try this at home no. ever, ever. <laughs> and the dance teacher is actually true too. I danced um, pretty much from age three till early 30s. Um, and I was training to be a teacher before I left home. So you've never been cage diving? No, listen, I would actually probably not even go snorkeling in water deeper than my ankles. So no, I've never been cage diving with sharks. <laughs> oh, well done. I'm not doing very well this season at all. Um, okay. Now, if you could tell your younger self one thing about being freelance, what would that be? It would be to just trust yourself, trust your gut. Nobody knows you, your business your skills you're anything better than you and it sounds an obvious one but it's actually a really really hard one to do that when you have a difficult question or a dilemma or something when you're looking around for the adult (laughs) or the smarter business person than you there is nobody that'll that'll have that answer better than you do um 
And I think that's a big one. I haven't always nailed it, but I just sit down with a piece of paper, draw pitches, drew scribbles and come to a decision and stick to it. Um, and that, that's what I would tell my younger self. You don't need to be buying processes or systems or someone else's content plan. Just trust your gut. Nice. <laughs> Although if you want Susie's content plan, you can now get it at... <laughs> I don't actually sell one. <laughs> I'm only joking. Um, okay. Don't ever think only... that either. <laughs> <laughs> you can uh, find links to what Susie's up to. And do check her out on Instagram. Uh, like, you are, I don't know how to how to put it. Like, you're always visible. And, and um, but like, that's part of the, 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 the trick almost, isn't it? Um, I, I think that's a good thing. Um I think, you know, I decided to start using Instagram more for my business because I thought, you know what, if you work with me, you need to know what I sound like. You know, there's an interesting Scottish South African mashup going on here. Mm. Um, you need to understand my humor. And like, you, you, that's the best way. You see me on stories, I'm chatting, I'm, you know, my office, my girl, my life, that, that's the best way. So by the time you contact me to work with me, that answer is easy yes, because you've been non-stalkery watching me for six months <laughs> so true how do you find the time though oh, sorry I was about to wrap up no, distracted. <laughs> but do, do you make I know you said you treat like your business now like a client but do you devote time every single day to, to no doing... it's not every single day I just don't think that's plausible and there is also sometimes days where I just don't have a lot to give <laughs> and have to prioritize client work or feeding my daughter um but I do try and show up certainly on the grid at least once a week and on stories three to four times a week and I just make it habit so everywhere I go I just take photos you know if I've gone for coffee I take a photo if I take a walk I take a photo and then I'll just sometimes sit at night and just construct a story about my day like you know, we did this and then we did that. And it's like before this interview, I took photos of my notes and I took a selfie with my headphones because, you know, podcast life. <laughs> and um, I'll go downstairs, I'll make a coffee after this and I'll just create some stories and job done. So I just try and build it as a habit. It helps to think of it like that because if I just put in time every single day and sat down, I'm like, God, I need a story. It would be boring as hell. You'd be like, right, Jesus, Jesus leave your house. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, go to beingfreelance.com. There is links through, as it is for all of our guests, so that you can find out what Suze is up to online. Find the different links that you might need if you're not already following her. Uh, go do that. Uh, also, don't forget, if you've enjoyed this episode, please make sure you're subscribed. If you really enjoyed it, leave a review if you've never done such a thing. And if you are also a freelancing parent like myself and like Suze, uh, then check out for Doing It For The Kids podcast. Wherever you found this one, you can search for, well, unless you found it on the Being Freelance website. Actually, that's the one place. But anyway, in theory, on the, your podcast app, search for Doing It For The Kids and you will find that too. That's the other one that I do. Uh, but for now, Suze, thank you so much and all the best being freelance. Thank you, Steve. Yeah, so there is 
Suze. You can find so many more episodes wherever you found this one in your podcast app or at beingfreelance.com. There's over 250 stories. And remember, it doesn't matter what they do for a living. It's all about the Being Freelance. So do check them all out. Uh, and let me know what you think. You can leave a review. You can share it online. It all makes a difference. And if you like Being Freelance, then you can support it. Go to beingfreelance.com slash coffee because it's all made by me, Steve Holland. I'm a freelance video and podcast creator and um, do this on the site and I love doing it. That's why it's always so nice to hang out in the community with, with all the BFFs there. But yes, to those who top up my virtual biscuit tin, I thank you. Okay, I'm out of here. You have a great week. Being freelance. Being freelance.